Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Over the past few weeks, we have been focusing on the Gospel of Mark. And it's been part of Alex's sermon series that was called The Black Swan. We're going to take a break from the Black Swan series and talking about Jesus as the unexpected person who changed everything. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about something else that you have heard a lot about. Because during the month of September, Alex presented his vision for First Presbyterian Church. And so for the next three weeks, you'll be hearing from myself, Alex, and Barbara about our individual pillars to this vision for First Presbyterian. And it's our hope by the end of each of these weeks, you will understand the biblical and spiritual basis for that vision that was shared. We also hope that we're able to build excitement for you and show ways in which you can all participate in being part of the new vision of First Presbyterian. So that brings me to why I'm here today. I'm kicking it all off. And so today you're going to learn more about my pillar, also known as the relational ministry of First Presbyterian Church. So let us now listen for the word of God that's found in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The focus of the sermon comes from Matthew 28, where Jesus appears to the disciples and is telling them that they are to go into the world and tell others about what he has commanded them. Go into the world and continue to spread the gospel, even though he is not able to go with them. This sets off of a cycle of being called into community together, of being nurtured and fed in that community, and then being sent into the world to share what we have learned. The theologian Karl Barth said, There is a beginning, middle, and end to ministry, and then we start all over again. We are called together as strangers. We learn and grow together while being spiritually fed and nourished. And finally, we are sent into the world to share what we experience, and then that process starts all over again. So I want to take you back a few weeks ago to one of Alex's sermons that was part of the Black Swan series called The Pitch. And does anyone remember what Jesus' pitch was? Adam? Oh, what, what was it? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. There we go. Repent and believe the good news. So some of you were paying attention. That was, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe in the good news. Well, during that sermon, he also talked about how much money 
companies spend on ads because they want you to remember products like NyQuil syrup when you have a cough in the middle of the night. <laughs> or they want you, next time you need car insurance, to buy Geico car insurance. Similar, though, to those ads are the lyrics to theme songs of some of our favorite TV shows. So today I thought I would test your knowledge on a few of these, and if you know them, Feel free to join in with us. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Your job's a joke, you're broke, and you love life's DOA. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year But I'll be there for you When the rain starts to pour I'll be there for you Like I've been there before I'll be there for you Cause you're there for me too So, what TV show was that? Friends, that's right. So we're going to try one more and see what you come up with on this one. Feel free to join in. You might know this one. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see Our troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name So what was that one? Cheers! Cheers, that's right. So not only do these tunes stick with us, but the lyrics and the meanings to them stick with us in life. Who doesn't want a group of people surrounding them when times get tough, like in the TV show, Friends. Who doesn't want a place that they can go to when times are tough, where everyone knows their name? A place where everyone accepts them for who they are, even though they might have faults and flaws, and they're not judged. Who doesn't want a place that they can go to, like in Cheers, to get away from things? A true sanctuary. Well... One of the reasons that I have been called here to this church is so that I can help form that place here for you. And so it's part of my pillar as the relational ministry part to help create a special place for you. And I want to help you build relationships within the church so that you know that there are people here who support you.
and that you grow in the small group ministry so that you know there are people that you can turn to no matter what. But I don't want this to be a social club or a place that we come just to hang out because church is so much more than that. And you can get those things anywhere in the neighborhood or the world around us. Being a disciple of God is more. And so being part of a church in the relational ministry is more because it's based upon three things. It's based upon being called, being nurtured, and being sent. First, we are being called together because it is God who calls us together. And through our Sunday morning worship services, many of us get to experience community, the community we have here in the church. The problem is, is that when we have three different worship services and hundreds of people in each of those worship services, it's hard for us to know each other's name. I've got to experience this firsthand being new here. It's hard getting to know people when you just get to see them an hour a week. And so through our relational ministry, we're going to start forming a network of small groups to help you become connected to the church. We want everyone who comes through those doors to feel as if they have a place here and they are connected to the body of Christ and the church life here. So through these small groups, we are going to be doing that. Now, some of you don't know what small groups are. Small groups are groups of people, between 8 and 12 people per group, who meet on a regular basis to talk about their faith, family, and friends. And I've had lots of conversations with many of you over the past few months, and some of you are very familiar with small groups. You've been part of small groups or even started small group ministry in previous churches. Some of you have been involved in small group ministry for 50 years, but some people are brand new to small groups and have had no experience at all. Our small groups are going to look just a little bit different than what you might have experienced before. First, we are going to have our traditional small groups. The primary focus of these small groups are going to be um, ways in which you can build your biblical and spiritual foundation and focus on Bible study, devotion, prayer, and spiritual practices. The other night in adult education, we were talking about this and throwing around some ideas about what spiritual practices might be, and one of the adults in the room said, well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about holy yoga as a spiritual practice, and if there are enough people in our congregation who want to try to experience holy yoga and how it can enhance their spiritual life, we can create a small group around this. The idea of this is that these are going to be formed around your interest of how you want to grow your spiritual life. The time that you have to commit to them will be also factored into this. Now, being in fellowship with one another will be part of this, but it's not going to be the primary focus of these groups. Now, there's a second type of small group, and these are alternative small groups. And in these groups, we're going to be 
forming small groups around your interests. So, for example, in a former congregation, I had a group called Make It, Take It. And every other month, we picked out something from a website called Pinterest to make together, and we got to take it home at the end. And so I would have there ready for them what they were going to make, and they would make that item and take it with them. They'd start the time with prayer or some devotion, so there is a spiritual component to it. Now, I know some of you guys sitting out there are not really interested in learning how to make a burlap brief or a mason jar soap dispenser or a baby onesie. So another idea that could be would be to form a group around people who like to do microbrewing. And so um, every other month you would meet in someone's home who does microbrewing and you could try out what they've been um, developing in their home, start the time with a devotion or share your prayer concerns and then share in what they have developed there. I want you to think back to Alex's sermon where he talked about thinking outside of the box because that's what I want you to do. I want you to think outside the box for these small groups. Think about the things that interest you, the things of which you want to be a part of, and tell us those things on the postcards that are in your bulletins today. These are going to be developed around your interest. And so if there's enough people interested in the make it, take it, or maybe your interest is writing or beekeeping, we have all types of interests such as sports, hobbies, cooking, mission. As long as there's enough people, we will form that small group and we'll create one where you have a place. Now, just because there are two different types of small groups going on, it doesn't mean that you have to belong to only one type of small group. You can be part of several different small groups if you would like, but the goal is that everyone is involved and participating in at least one small group because these are the way that you are going to be spiritually nourished and fed. And this brings me to the second aspect of the relational ministry here at First Presbyterian, being nurtured, not only for our daily lives, but also for us being sent into the world as disciples. In Matthew 28, Jesus not only commands the disciples to go into the world, but to teach. And so we are told that we are to go into the world and teach. And we're supposed to tell others about the way God loves us. Now, we're supposed to do this not from our own personal experience, because we're not one of the disciples that were able to be with Jesus, but from what we have studied and learned in the Bible. We're supposed to express the ways in which we have experienced God's love. And we're supposed to place God at the center of our lives. Now, I think some of us think that placing God at the center of our lives means coming to worship on Sunday mornings and sitting here for an hour in worship. That's wonderful, and it feeds us spiritually, but it's not enough. An hour a week being fed in worship is not enough to sustain us when we go into the world and we are faced with challenges. So that's the reason these small groups are going to be so important. We need them so that we can feed ourselves, so that we can honor God and God's call to our lives. In our small groups, our faith will receive the nourishment that is required. 
And I know many of you are busy. You've got jobs, you've got commitments, you've got children, and you've got lots of things that pull against your time. And so it's going to be a challenge for some people to do this. But I want you to ask yourself one question. Am I, am I where I want to be spiritually? I know as a pastor this is a challenge for myself because I'm not where I want to be spiritually. There's always things for me to learn about, ways in which my own faith life can grow. I've never met anyone who can answer yes to that question. So you need to search inside of yourself and ask yourself, are you willing to make the investment necessary to move forward and to develop your spiritual life? If the answer is yes, then it is through the small groups that you will truly discover your identity of a child of God. Last but not least is we are being sent. In Matthew 28, Jesus ends by sending his disciples into the world to spread the gospel and everything that they have learned. This is Jesus' benediction to the disciples. It's his instructions on how they are to take the knowledge and experiences with them into the world. We, too, are being sent into the world. And we are supposed to be sharing God's ministry here on earth with everyone that we meet. And it's not easy. Over the next year, we're going to learn to spread Jesus' message and to welcome the stranger in our midst. In the Presbyterian Church, we tend to not be so great at telling people about our faith because we think of our faith as a private thing. And we don't want to intrude on other people or for them to think that we're pushy. We don't want to offend people. So we just don't tell them. We keep it to ourselves because it can make us uncomfortable and it can make others uncomfortable as well. Well, it's all understandable, but the unfortunate consequence is, is that we just don't tell anyone about our faith and how important it is to us. So others don't get to know God's love and share in that. And an unfortunate consequence for the church today is because people don't know this, church, particularly ours, would be unsustainable. So our first exploration into becoming better at this is something Alex told us about. It's Mission Lab. It's a training module that will teach us how to go into the world and build relationships. Now, we're all going to have to get over our xenophobia. If you don't know what xenophobia is, it is the fear of the stranger. Fear of the stranger that might be in your workplace or your neighborhood or even here at church. We're going to learn new ways in which we can reach out to those around us without being fearful and without scaring them away. And the purpose of Mission Lab is to help us relearn how to form important relationships. As we get older, we start to lose the ability to form meaningful relationships because our life and family narrow the pool of exposure we have. If you think back to high school or college or even some different work environments that you've had, you're exposed to lots of people in different environments. But as we get older, things like that go away. And so we lose the ability to connect to one another. Well, Mission Lab is going to give us tangible assignments 
where we have to form friendships with strangers. Alex gave the example of baking a plate of cookies and taking those cookies to a neighbor that you've never met and saying, hi, I bake these for you and I'd like to introduce myself, get to know you better, and that way we can be better neighbors. The purpose of forming these friendships is not so that you can invite them to church, but simply to form the relationship. Now, later on, there might be an opportunity to invite them to church, and that's great. Maybe it's through one of the small groups, like the um, microbrewing or Make It, Take It. Those can be gateway small groups in which there are non-intrusive ways to invite people to partake in church. But if not, then think about this. At least your life has been enriched because you have one new friendship and you have touched one other person's life. Mission Lab is going to take place over the course of three months. It's going to be three Saturdays. It's going to start on May 21, March 21st, followed by April 18th, and then May 23rd. Now, it's free for everyone to participate in these, and you need to come to all three of them. So it's three Saturdays, March, April, May, and we're going to feed you. So that's the best part. And all you have to do is take those postcards in your bulletin today and sign up to be part of Mission Lab. We really need you to partake in this because this is going to change the way in which we reach out to the community and change the way in which we do church. So when is all this beginning? Well, it takes place today in some ways because in each of your bulletins there's those postcards I've talked about, and I want you to fill them out. I want you to tell me if you want to take part in Mission Lab. I want you to tell me if you want to be part of initial small groups that are going to start in January. I want you to think outside the box and tell me what type of small groups that you want to be part of. We need to know your time availability and your commitment level and your demographic. That way we can form small groups around your interests things you want to learn, and your time availability. So as you fill those out, you can give those to the ushers or place them in the offering plate. So this all sounds like a big job and an undertaking. And as the associate pastor who was over the pillar, yeah, it is. Sometimes just thinking about it makes me break out in a cold sweat, actually, because there's a lot to this pillar. But then I remember the words in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that's the good news of it all. It's because we are not in this alone. God is with us and has created a place for us to belong. We are not alone in this because we have each other here, and we are going to build relationships with one another in which we can take into the world, continuing to serve God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.